Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, Director of Camps at Music for All from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free. One way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and sign up for all or some of our awesome courses and instructional videos hosted by Connect Through Music. You can also purchase products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megavoxes, and flagpoles. I know that many times you just continue to order your products through the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders. Please give us a chance to win your business. Bobby, it's so good to hear your voice again. <laughs> and yours too, Mr. Young. What's been going on? Oh, man. It's uh, concert season at Wando High School. It's recruiting season. It's performance season. You know, those kinds of things. Winter Guard is going full blast, percussion ensembles. We just played this last Thursday at the CBDNA NBA conference at the uh, University of South Carolina, the Southeastern Regional, and uh, had a great time. We got to hear two other high school bands and the University of South Carolina play. So it's always good to get off campus and kind of remember, oh yeah, that's why we go and do these things, uh, so we can hear other stuff, open up our ears, and open up our minds. For sure. Do you have any tips or tricks? You mentioned uh, recruiting. Anything you guys are doing uh, different this year or something that works really well for you? Well, I'll tell you, we've been going to the middle school quite a bit. And one of our biggest things that we do is sending our students there once a week and trying to build relationships with kids. We call it our music mentor program. It's really designed for our kids to get some teaching experience and middle school kids to get to know the high school kids so they can have some friends already built in when they come here. So the music mentor program has been really big for us for the past several years. And it's one of the things that kids say drew them to our program. So if you're not able to get kids into the middle school to see the others, try and find, find a way to get a performance in front of them. You know, any kind of personal contact is huge for middle school students to come to the big, scary high school. Do you think a lot of the students who choose to go on to high school, um, you know, they make that decision when they, when they meet somebody from the high school and think, I want to be like that? Absolutely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, because I think they have no idea at least ours don't. Uh, I know there's some middle schools that have a really close connection with a high school due to proximity or schedule or teacher. Um, we just don't have it that way. And there's so many choices in our town. I mean, a student can actually really decide between five different high schools. Wow. So we have to work very hard to get them to see what we have to offer. Do you find that... Uh do you have situations where parents will uh, make their kids do high school band if they're already in middle school band? Honestly, not as much. I, I honestly wish that they would make them do it for one year to decide if they really want to do it or not. But because there's such a different commitment and there's so many other options, like I said, 
and everyone thinks that their kid is going to come to high school and be an idiot and not be able to handle a high school class load. So, you know, well, we just want to make sure they, they can do, you know, if the ninth grade is too hard, <laughs> yeah. there are other things that are, that need to be addressed, you know, namely that middle school they just attended. Yeah. Um, and ours are very good, especially academically setting ours up. I never really knew what to do when my kids were your kids' age, your actual uh, biological kids, not your band kids. But, um, right. you know, I, I, they were both involved in soccer and they were both involved in music. And I, I eventually um, we just decided, hey, you guys have to do a band your freshman year of high school. And if you want to quit after that, that's, you know, that's up to you. But, you know, we were kind of thinking, you know, you, you put all this work in in middle school and, you know, you don't know if you're going to really connect with high school band yet or not, but, but we're going to make you try it. Right. And my youngest, I, you know, he didn't do marching band. Uh, my oldest did. And they both ended up in band for four years. And I think, right. what, you know, if you have a great band director or even a good band director, um, that helps. But also you just meet some friends and those are kind of the friends you hang out with. And if you told them you were going to quit after freshman year, they'd be like, no, you're not doing that. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> right. I think everybody thinks about quitting. How many times have you thought about quitting your job? <laughs> I just so, did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and there are times when that's right. But it, it, there were times, especially in my first year, where I thought, oh, I don't want to do this. So I think that ha having them have those relationships and those experiences are really big. We just recently made it so that you don't have to do marching band to be part of our band program. And it's scary. Yeah, Any sure. kind of change is scary. But we are hoping that it provide some really good opportunities and some growth for our program overall. So you've got, you got the recruiting going on. You've got concert band big time, right? So yeah. what's going on in the concert bands? Yeah. All four concert bands are running full steam right now. And uh, like I said, the top band played at the CBDNA and um, then we will play again in two weeks at our concert performance assessment. And the way that ours works out, we all play back to back to back. So the concert band two will play, then there'll be a break, then another concert band, then another concert band. And so we don't get to really hear each other. But, you know, that's the way that it could work out this time. And they're playing really good stuff. I, I think one of the biggest things I learned early on was the, you will enjoy concert season more if you're a little more intentional about the programming. And that's hard. Yeah, there's so many options. There's so many options. And I think if you're just going to try and find something that's easy to put together, six weeks of that can get incredibly monotonous for you and for the students. Like the holiday concert. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. Or like the the pops concert or spring concert for some people, yeah. And it's great to have lighter selections, but when you have this long amount of time with it, and not so many other things going on, and that's the, supposed to be the focused, uh, that's supposed to be the focused area. It's really tough. I was talking to a band director who called me last night and um, said that the kids, his, his kids have been doing really well. I've been working with them. They're, they're coming along and doing great, 
And he said, we had a terrible rehearsal. Okay, what happened? I think the kids are bored. Are you bored? <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. Oh, then they are. <laughs> and I said, have you guys sight read anything yet? That's part of our concert assessment. And if you go back to episode 5B, you can hear about getting set up for sight reading. Um, but I said, have you done that? No, we haven't done that at all. I said, man, then put the music away for at least two days and just sight read. There's no and way sight reading is boring. Uh, no. It's frightening. <laughs> it's incredibly frightening. And if it's not for the kids, it'll be for the director really fast. You know, when you get to about measure four and you're like, we don't know what we're doing. But it's a skill, just like everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I can, I can tell when I'm reading. Like, I, I try to have a book that I'm reading. And I can tell the times of my life when I'm not. Like a self-help book? Anything. You know, like uh, Michael Connolly books. I love those. Um, some of them are self-help. Some of them are just yeah, different kinds of things. But I can tell, I can tell in my vocabulary and I can tell in my patience in reading that I either am or not, or I'm not reading right now. I'm definitely a listen to book kind of guy just because cool. um, it's free from the library uh, in certain apps. And so I've noticed that uh, ever since I started working mostly from home now with my music for all position, I, I don't listen to books on my way to and from work. Um, and I, I'm really craving that. So I got to get a book. I, I've been doing really well with that, especially with everything we talked about in the last podcast, reading about how to deal, how to work, different ways of doing that. And I found that the more that I dig in, the better I could deal with a lot of other stuff. So I think it's the same with bands and band students. I can tell when we've sight read versus when we've taken a month off. Um, like right now, we're doing at least four or five sight reading exercises a day. Now those are only lines long. They're not full pieces of music, but oh man, I can tell a difference. I'm sure. Did you, um, did you pick out those lines yourself? Did you, uh, do you use a book for that? We do. We do. We Scott Rush's habits book and they have, I think about a hundred total sight reading examples. And for us, they work really, really well. There are lots of other options. A lot of people, you use Sight Reading Factory. So if you maybe use electronic devices, if you have everybody on iPads, that'd be a great one to do. But just finding those things to sight read, even if you say, I'm going to go down two grade levels from where we are now and just sight read something, anything, that's so big. Can't underestimate how much that will change the dynamic of the class and how much it will raise the skill of the individual musician. And then are you guys doing jazz band, pep band oh, yeah. and all that? Actually, right are, now? we are we are at Allstate Jazz right now. Uh, Jeff Handel has six of our kids there and uh, our jazz band, the one that's going to festival will be playing tomorrow evening at 5:05 first assessment. That's cool. How how yeah. is the jazz band this year? The the top jazz band is fantastic. The second jazz band, you can tell that students weren't quite used to having that much responsibility because it's younger kids 
without the older kids. You know, mm-hmm. everything so far has been juniors and seniors working with freshmen and sophomores and just, and uh, this group did not. And so they came in really strong. And then it got to a point where it was like, we don't know how to work on our own. And we have, you can tell we haven't had true jazz band in two years. Do you get some so, kids in that one who switch instruments as well? Yes. Yeah, that's challenging. Absolutely. I taught, I taught the jazz band uh, once that, that had all those students in it. And I was like, wait, you don't play that. <laughs> I was confused the first day. Right. No, I only I, think uh, that- I only taught jazz two years, and um, both times is because one of the direct one of the directors, you know, had to bow out for medical reasons or right. or whatnot, and um, so I kind of stepped in. I really enjoyed teaching jazz band, though. I, I, I there's no better way to start the day for me. It was like seven a.m., and I would oh, just wow. walk out of there in a great mood every day, yeah. even if they didn't sound great. There's and that was why Jeff decided not to push concert assessment on them because he he didn't want it to be a point of pressure yeah at all and he said you know we can have a lot of fun and learn a lot or we can go to concert performance assessment <laughs> there's a and lot it, going on this time of year and adding one more perfor- like kind of a ass- assessment kind of performance maybe doesn't make sense for everybody yeah. i mean the fall tends to be pretty focused on one maybe two things and then this right. this time of year is just all over the map Right, with winter guards going on Saturdays, uh, indoor percussion, indoor winds going, um, jazz band, concert. And then we also have our solo and ensemble sequence going through right now. Uh, the kids are working on solo and ensemble music for the next month. It's a lot. It is. You know, they have to actually go to school, too. Yeah. Danny and I got to judge some winter guard the last couple of weeks. That was fun. Yeah, how was that? Uh, it was good. Uh, mostly, I think there was only one world-class group um, in, in the last show that we judged, and maybe one in the previous one. So it was a lot of what we call regional A, yes. school, um, festival class, cadet class. Uh, it was a lot. Honestly, it was a lot of teaching. It wasn't... Oh, that's awesome. You know, uh, for those of you who haven't judged, they talked you know, judge training, a lot of times we'll talk about teacher, counselor, critic, you know, with, with certain groups, you stay in teacher mode the entire, uh, time you're making commentary, you know, uh, right. Because that's what they need. The, the instructors tend to be younger. Students tend to be, um, more at the beginning part of their careers. Um, and then you get to some of those groups, um, uh, Susie Harloff's group, the the mm. Avon Cadet Guard, was fantastic. I'm sure. You know, there's like 60 of them out there. <laughs> and, you know, with that type of group, you're more like a little bit of counseling and right. a little bit of critic as well. And, you know, of course, if you're judging world class, you know, you're mostly in critic mode because they've got talented and smart people in front of them that, that know how to fix stuff. You're just saying, you know, maybe what, what you think might might be a good thing to work on that sort of thing but for those of you who haven't judged maybe you can write that on a note card and and pin that somewhere later uh but teacher counselor critic it's really important as a judge to know which mode you're in because uh you know a young group comes out and you're in critic mode and those instructors are gonna be like man what a jerk right uh but if you're if you're judging a world-class color guard they're like they want you know constructive feedback you know what I think is interesting, Jeff, in hearing you say that, I've heard someone say this before, and I can't, it'll come to me later, 
probably Greg Bim. He said that whenever you're doing any kind of assessment, Winter Guard, Indoor Winds, Concert Festival, you need to pretend like this group, including its director, is either a beginning band member, second band, second year band, or third year band member. Because if they're, if they're young as an instructor, and I'm not even talking about their age, I'm talking about the number of years that they've been running a guard or a concert band, they need a little bit more counselor, don't they? They do. And I think we sometimes think, well, they're adults. They should be, okay, what constitutes adult? You know, it might like, be adult in some ways, but in, right. in the grand scheme of teaching a color guard or a band or a drum line, uh, you might be uh, a newborn. Well, I've seen judges get really frustrated with directors and guard uh, directors, everything. And I'm, I'm like, you need to be a teacher in this moment. This is not meant to be offensive to you. At least for the most part, you know, I guess there's some shows that could be offensive. (laughs) You have to say that. We've talked about that. Right, exactly. But I'm just talking about, like, you can tell this is an immature decision. This is not a fully developed idea. This is not a fully um, picked apart concert piece. It's a bad choice. They need to be able to be told that without slapping their wrist. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I did not see any COVID-19 based shows. Um, <laughs> I was fully prepared for somebody to go there, but like too soon and yeah. probably not appropriate ever. So Ever. Yeah. Uh, it's, for those of you who are going to design shows in the future, just uh, avoid that. Yeah, please. <laughs> it's, fun, but it's not funny, but before the pandemic, um, you know, uh, I was judging uh, Indiana color guard circuit. And there were three virus related shows. So, oh boy. And I, even before the pandemic, I was like, this is kind of a weird choice, but yeah. Okay. You do you, but I wouldn't do that. I think if you have something that you want to say, then that could work. If it's just, Hey, this will be cool. Doesn't that fit for every show, though? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh, I love. I I hear. I love it when I hear designers say that'll look great on a T-shirt. <laughs> like, okay, irrelevant. what does that mean? Yeah, that's irrelevant. <laughs> there's an uh, there's an infinite number of shows you could do. That doesn't mean there's uh, an infinite number you should do. Everyone that's right. That, I hope. That's right. So it's it's interesting, Jeff. I'll ask you about this. Because and I actually want to know, um, this is the time of year that people should be looking at summer camp possibilities, and where where are some places that they might go. What are some resources as director of camps? <laughs> what are some resources that you might point them toward? And of course, I'm talking about summer symposium, but maybe there are others where you have you know you want to kind of know what the others are around you. I don't know. Tell me. Well, we've actually done a lot of surveying of students over the years at at the Bands of America Summer Symposium. And, um, you know, when you ask the question, how did you decide to come to this camp? Uh, The overwhelming answer was my band director suggested that I do this. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, I personally would have thought, you know, it would be just students finding something on the Internet and they're like, Mom, Dad, I want to do this or 
uh, to some extent, parents saying you're doing this or you can do this if you want to. But, you know, for those of you directors out there listening, um, if you want your, your students to be better when they come back to you, um, at, suggest it. You know, I, there's no harm in suggesting it. And, and only I think it's there's only an upside to it. So yeah, I'm sure you've got some flyers in your mailbox that some of them get thrown away and some of them get get put up. I would hope that you uh, send your students to camp.musicforall.org and and take a look at that at least. You know, our registrations are open for our camp and, you know, Bobby's going to be teaching drum majors and, you know, we have, uh, you know, we think people are really wanting to come back for camp. You should probably have five or 600 drum majors, I would hope, if not more. <laughs> and, uh, mar- you know, the that's marching- just enough yeah. for my plan to come together. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> And I'm hoping to have a couple hundred marching band students, you know, uh, best case scenario, there's just everyone sends me their section leaders and, you know, we, we make your section leaders better. So when they come home, your band is better. And it's, it's a really cool camp and Bobby and I have a great time teaching it. Yes. You know, hundred some days until that happens, but people should start thinking about signing up because you know oh absolutely if you, if you want to spread out your payments over months you know that's a lot easier for some families i think for families. band directors this is a really critical time for their programs this is the time people start thinking about quitting yeah and i think if they have more investment more motivation which could include summer camps and there are plenty there are some that are devoted just to single instruments there are some that are devoted to concert there's some that are voted to leadership, some to marching band specific, like all kinds of things. There are drum corps that do them. There are many universities that do. There's always going to be one close to you. And in, I found that kids who go away to summer camp come back the next year not needing nearly as much motivation. Yeah. I, I I'll think tell you, you about, said this one time on a podcast is you said they're going to do something with their energy this summer. Right. You know, do you want some of that energy to be put towards band or soccer or video games? You know, they're going to find an outlet for their yes. creativity and their passion and their energy. Right. We had a tuba player that was kind of fair to partly cloudy. He was good, but not great. Um, and through his junior year, I was really worried because he was set to be our section leader the next year. And he, I asked him, what are you going to do this summer? He said, oh, I'm actually going to this particular summer camp. And I said, okay, that's great. When he came back in the fall, he was a different kid. Like, And his whole point was, I realized that I was very good, but that there are also a lot of other really good people out there. And I didn't quite realize that. And I was behind on some things. And so he got very motivated. He's actually doing his uh, master's in performance at uh, Peabody Conservatory now. Good for him. Yeah, I would have never thought that his junior year. So I wish I could say, well, I turned him around. Who cares what turned him around? But the summer camps, I think, are a definite plus. So now is the time to really start looking. I know in the instrumentalist, they just came out with a state-by-state set of uh summer camps oh, it'll be worth cool. your time yep i hope the summer symposium was in there yes it was we are uh 
gearing up and and seeing the registrations come in. So I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm sure. really excited Me about too. The, the the staff and everything too. But we can yeah, talk there's about some that pretty incredible. Yeah, we'll we'll do a camp preview podcast because it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we should have Nola on to talk we about should. the director academy. That's going to be cool. But there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. For those band directors, you need summer camp. Yeah, for sure. I know. I I always feel recharged after that week. Mid- Midwest and, I, and that week. Yeah, I always come home well tired because you know you're yes you're moving and you're doing stuff. Uh, but uh, I always come home just recharged and just and it, and it's cool just to hang out with you know you run into the who's who of of our activity. It's a small activity in the grand scheme of things. That there's you know we're it's not like uh, you know a gaming convention where there's, you know, like hundreds and of thousands of people who are involved in that. It's, it's the, uh, the band community is small and it's really pretty easy to meet the who's who of our activity by going to those things. I, that's what I was going to actually mention about the summer symposium, the director social things that we have. Some of them are organized and many of them aren't but you can always find a group of people to go and do something with. You know, there's a lot of learning that goes on during the day, but there's equally useful learning that goes on in the evening. And that's probably as far as we should go. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, uh, seriously. It's, I've met some very dear friends, including this guy on the other end of the microphone yeah, at Summer real. Symposium. You just never know. Yep. And then everybody's probably distantly thinking about marching band starting at some point. Are you guys, uh, do you have any like get acquainted nights or anything with your eighth graders coming in? We do. We have a couple of them. We have three that are, we call them spring training, get to know you type stuff, some light marching, light movement. And then we will have a fourth rehearsal that we call it as our signing day where They'll commit to marching band just like you would commit to a college, and we're pretty you have excited the about that. Backdrop and the microphones and like yeah, an actual, we do, we will. That's really actually, cool. Yeah, that's our plan right now. Did you hear that, audience member? I'm, there's got to be one person listening to this. Did you hear <laughs> that idea? That was brilliant. You should do it. Yeah, we wanted to do it in March for marching band day, but we just people aren't. Wait, that's decided. today. I know it. Right, March fourth. But it's it's. Hey, how fitting for us. And this is our 50th episode, Jeff. It is? The stars are aligning. That's crazy. <laughs> how long ago did we start this? Two years ago? So two, two, or was it three? Two or three. Maybe it's it was three. three. Yeah. So yeah. 50 episodes in three years. We're not exactly uh, we're routine not, at this. <laughs> we're not setting it on fire no. right now. We're not. We're definitely not. You know, I know a lot of podcasts release every Monday or something like mm. that. That's not going to work for Bobby and I. Um, <laughs> and he means me, listener. <laughs> He's talking about me. I wasn't going to call you out, but that's true. that's okay. I I fully accept my inadequacies. I listened to episode forty nine about dealing with failure, and I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of that episode, thank you for all the feedback uh, to our yeah. audience out there. Um, a number of heart, heartfelt texts and emails and, uh, you know, internet messages just saying I needed that. In fact, right. one of my good friends, Dan, 
uh, he was, um, he and I were in band together in high school, um, another trumpet player. And Dan and I grew up together. And Dan um, works for one of the major airlines now and is a big wig there, uh, doing great things. And he texted me and was like, hey, I really, I really needed that episode. And I was like, wow. you listen? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, yeah, I really needed that. I appreciate it. And wow. so, so Dan, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, uh, anybody out there, um, we all struggle with failure. It's not, it's not a secret. So it just, uh, let's give that a listen if you haven't already. Right. It's, it's kind of soul bearing, but I, we have gotten more feedback, at least I have personally about that episode in particular. And it was really good to hear that it could help some people know they weren't alone. If you look at our, uh, so all of our 50 episodes, um, if you look back at the analytics of it through our uh, transistor transistor podcast app that we use, um, you know what the number one of all time is? I know what it was. I'm not sure if it still is. It still is the episode with Alicia. Family relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, people don't want to talk about it, but they want to listen about it. Uh, obviously, know. you know, uh, everybody struggles with how to put your family first or even somewhere at the top of the list. And, and so I think that's, uh, that's why that one's so popular. Everybody wants to, to know they're not alone in, in those feelings. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. It was, it was a real, it was a real eye opener. And I think one of the next things that we might want to talk about, uh, another thing that's going on in the spring that I mentioned was chamber music. If you've never explored this before, right after concert festival, or maybe now, we start it now. It's one of the best things we ever did. You can go back to episode 22 and listen to how we set that up. And it's even a little different now than I think what we used to do. But the bottom line is it's always an evolving process. And it puts the kids very much in the driver's seat. Mm. And I love that. I love that they are. Voice, voice and choice is the, yeah. is the buzzword for that, I think. That's that's it exactly. They choose their literature. Now I have to, I have to accept it, but they you know sometimes they'll choose something way too hard. Sometimes they'll choose something way too easy. And helping them figure that out is really big. But then it's about it's really up to them putting things together. And I love it when they go in feeling confident with what they've done. It they're more proud of that than any marching band thing that we have done. Yeah, definitely go back and listen to that one. I did not get to experience that in my music education, but I think I would have really dug it. You would have. And we do it with all four concert bands. I was doing uh, the booth for Music for All at the Illinois Music Educators. Mm. Shout out, hello to my Illinois friends. And Katrina Fitzpatrick was helping Uh, me with the booth. And um, I met uh, somebody. uh, He is the band director at Seneca, Illinois. And we became fast friends. And, um, you know, I was talking to him about the national festival and how there was a chamber component to that. Not obviously not this year, but next year, uh, national festival is going to happen. And um, I was like, man, that would be really good because Seneca is a really small school. Yes. Like, but I bet, you know, some of your best players would have a great experience with that. And it's not like super high pressure. They're they're not going to be listened to and criticized right they're gonna be listened to and celebrated 
and going through that process. And I, I, what's cool is once you have one good chamber group go through, it just spreads. We started it with just our top band, and it quickly went to our second band because they didn't want to be left out. The third band came the next year, and then in the fourth year, the fourth band did it. And I was most concerned about them, but I would tell you I think they get into it more than the other three. Really? Absolutely. I, I would gonna, have never guessed I thought that. you were going to say they were kicking and screaming. Oh, no. Way. We start it by doing holiday concert literature, and they get to choose anything they want. And they come up with some creative things. I've heard Africa by Toto from a woodwind quartet. I've heard Take On Me from a clarinet choir. All kinds of – we kind of let them choose. And they have a great time with that. And then in the Where spring – Where do all those arrangements come from? Uh, kids did them. Okay. Freaked me out when they said, well, I'd like to arrange it. I was like, I, I couldn't do that. And you can as an eighth – as a – former eighth grader, only now a freshman, and they, they did. It was, it was awesome. But you can also just find a lot of things on YouTube and on uh, a couple of different websites. It's great. I hear somebody playing in the background. Uh-oh, yeah. Somebody doing uh, a little, is that a trumpet solo? Actually, it's a trumpet ensemble. Uh-huh. Uh, our second band is in chamber music time now, and they take up the hallway all around the band room. That's it's interesting that we're talking about that right now, and it's go. happening right behind you. As we speak. <laughs> I, I did a trumpet trio uh, for the talent show in uh, in middle school. with oh, Actually, nice. Dan was in that as well. Dan and John, or maybe Jenny, I forget, uh, Jenny Mills. Um, but uh, we did, the, of course, the, uh, what was it, uh, Bugler's Holiday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I would love to see that. Oh, yeah. I bet my dad has video somewhere. I bet he had a camcorder on his shoulder. Always, yeah. My dad always had, and that's where my obsession with videography comes from. My dad always had a camera uh, around. So, yep. It was you know, not some, a very some... windy day when the uh, <laughs> apple <laughs> fell from the tree. I didn't know where you were going with that reference. You pulled it out though there at the Danny end. Danny always says that. I've never I've never heard that before. I've I heard like the, the apple didn't fall far from far the from tree. the tree. She always says it was not a very windy day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Regional humor, I guess. Right, I guess so. Uh, speaking of regional stuff, many many places will have solo and ensemble, local solo and ensemble. And it's I think it's different degrees of okay. It's usually in a school, in classrooms, with judges that may or may not be qualified, listening to literature that may or may not be quality, and you may have one or two people in the room. I think that we actually stopped doing that here, even though the one that we have in South Carolina is really quite good. We wanted it to be something more that our program and our families could be involved with, and it's paid dividends. Yeah, the whole like one or two parents in the classroom or nobody, Ugh. that's 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 tough. Yeah, you, you tell them that they need to work really hard for that. That's no. And but, smart kids like me when I was in high school mm-hmm. figured out that by senior year you were like, Wait, this is a wait, 
I don't really have to work that hard at this. Right. And here's the, here's the really dangerous part. You told them it was important. So then when you tell them that this marching contest is important or this concert performance assessment is important or this all-state audition is important or this college scholarship audition is important, they don't believe you in the same way. Yeah, not every. I've seen that be. happen often. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so I had an idea for this podcast, Bobby, and um, I don't, I don't know uh, how you feel about it, but I have a recording that I wanted to play. Can I do that? Oh, please! And I thought, it, I thought it. it would uh, maybe people out there who haven't heard this, um, or, or you know, we could just uh, kind of be a conversation starter. So, okay, this, this is a recording of um, an individual named Admiral McChrystal. Are, are you familiar yes. with him? Oh, I, I have the book. Okay, good. All right. So this isn't too far out of left field, but uh, so this is uh, him speaking at a commencement. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna just put this on for a second. So here are the 10 lessons I learned from basic SEAL training that hopefully will be of value to you as you move forward in life. Every morning in SEAL training, my instructors, who at the time were all Vietnam veterans, would show up in my barracks room and the first thing they'd do was inspect my bed. If you did it right, the corners would be square, the covers would be pulled tight, the pillow centered just under the headboard, and the extra blanket folded neatly at the foot of the rack. It was a simple task, mundane at best, but every morning we were required to make our bed to perfection. It seemed a little ridiculous at the time, particularly in light of the fact that we were aspiring to be real warriors, tough, battle-hardened SEALs, but the wisdom of this simple act has been proven to me many times over. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride, and it will encourage you to do another task, and another, and another. And by the end of the day, that one task completed will have turned into many tasks completed. Making your bed will also reinforce the fact that the little things in life matter. If you can't do the little things right, you'll never be able to do the big things right. And if by chance you have a miserable day, you will come home to a bed that is made, <laughs> that you made. And a made bed gives you encouragement that tomorrow will be better. So if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. Did you make your bed this morning? I actually did. Nice. I would say I don't do it every morning, though. Yeah. I know I don't. Even though I've read this book and it's fantastic, it the book is just the speech. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, there, it's there's a whole extended speech from that. His his tips and tricks and all that. But yes, this one resonates with me a lot. I've always been a bed maker, even in middle school, and but it's really not about making the bed, as everyone knows who just you know really listened to that. Um, but it's a, it's about the small things and doing the small things right and that first thing of the day right. So I was thinking, what are some things as a uh, successful high school band director? What are mm. some things that you think about, if not every day, every every week or every month, yeah. that that are kind of small things but help help you to do the big things? Yeah. Well, well, there were three things, Jeff. That when you first mentioned this idea to me a few minutes ago that came into my head that I know if I, if I don't get these three things done, it will hurt us on the long run, maybe not immediately, but it will hurt us in the long run. And the first one of those 
is planning out my classes and rehearsals. I used to have these long, involved lesson plans, and I got away from those. Well, I, I never could get them finished. And so I really simplified that down to just hear the warm-up focus that I want to have. Here's the literature focus I want to have. And then here are the big ideas I need them to leave with. Sometimes those are character. Sometimes those are music. Just depends. And I have a calendar where I write those down for each of the bands I'm conducting. If I get that, and I do it on Monday after I've already taught one class, I plan from really Tuesday to Tuesday because I hate planning over the weekend. Can't stand it. Yeah, so I do Tuesday to Tuesday. The second thing is family communication. And I say that meaning with double with double meanings. Communication with my family about what's going on this week. Communication with our band families about what's going on this week. I send it out on Sunday. I start it every Wednesday. And, and it's just as simple as taking the last one, making a copy, and starting to change the dates. Hmm. And then I just start to fill it in. Because that gets me looking ahead to the next week. I want to keep my eye... It's kind of like keeping both hands on the wheel. One hand is controlling the musical direction of the program. The other hand is con- controlling the logistical and the emotional <laughs> direction of the program. And you've got to have both of those. And those two activities, planning the classes, planning the family communication, helped me do that. And then there was a third thing, Jeff. Which you can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I, I had it. Golly darn! Let me talk. About, well, I'll talk about a couple of my small things, and, Please. and then you'll remember. Save me, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, as a young visual instructor, I oftentimes tried to throw a brand new activity at students um, just to see how they would respond, and and my thinking behind it was kind of like. Uh, you know, they, they need to be able to be uncomfortable and, and still march well and be uncomfortable. Anyway, whatever my thinking was, I stopped doing that because uh, I, I thought, you know, each rehearsal, I want at least the, the, the bulk of the teaching that I do to feel like this is what we do in the order that we do it. it I, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that students really wanted that, that, that first thing they always want to expect to be the first thing. And, and, you know, uh, like, you know, making your bed and then you go eat breakfast or make your coffee or what, whatnot. So like dynamic stretching and then we go and we march or whatever. Um, and then when we're marching, it's never like, okay guys, we're going to start at 160 beats per minute and six to five, you know, we're going to, work our way into the difficult things by doing uh, a few things right, right off the bat. And, you know, Uh, it's kind of like what uh, McChrystal was saying about that. If, if the rest of the rehearsal is terrible, at least you did one step forward really well mm. or, or eight steps forward really well. And, and there's no, there's no real point in like making it confusing or, or, or surprising the students with different things along the way, because that's not really what, it's not really what's going to get results. So that, right. that's one thing that I always tried to do is, uh, yeah, I call it the, the pre-show sequence or, or whatever, because it's kind of what we do when we show up to a, 
a competition and we go through our sequence and then we move on to music rehearsals and whatnot. I was kind of noticing that, you know, when Mike Pote does music warm ups, he's he's not jumping around, you know, and, and no. then usually Kyle Young will step in and he'll do like the show excerpts, but they're not random show expert excerpts. No. It's like, no, we really thought this through and these are things that we want you to succeed at. These little wins are going to make you real confident walking right. into the next thing. I think that's that's brilliant. I remembered my third thing, too. Okay, good. It's uh, looking for connections. Mm. I, I try each week to either find one person or one section who needs a little love. I used to not do that, and I paid for it. And so I, I would tell you, last week it was my concert two trumpets. Yeah, they're a small but mighty group of freshmen who have come a long way, and they're having to play some pieces that take them a little bit higher in the register than they're used to. And so they're they were struggling for a while, and I felt like last week we really turned a corner. And so I made a huge deal out of that, really big thing. And then it was symphonic band and playing at the CBDNA convention. They they were nervous. I could tell leading up to that, and we just had to kind of sit together and be together. And I can tell you the next one is going to be my concert two horn section. Also, how, how a young will you go section. about that usually? So, what are some ways that I would I would show them a little bit of love? Yeah, it can be as simple as you know finishing rehearsal and going to that section specifically and saying, Hey guys, that was really good. That came a long way. I appreciate it. A bigger one is in rehearsal and not fake. Sure. I'll tell you the way that I'll do the horns. We did a run through at our Tuesday rehearsal this week and they were doing a piece called as summer was just beginning, which is, has a very demanding horn part. And then we went to a piece called Three Airs for Gloucester, or Three Airs from Gloucester. And the second movement is another horn, kind of melody line led. They'd been playing both separately very well, but when we put them in sequence, they really struggled. And it was very frustrating. I was like, horns, what's, what's going on? And the band was getting frustrated with them. And we, instead of kind of losing my temper, I said, okay, now we know that we can do this. We got done with rehearsal a little early. I said, Horns, let's just hang out. Let's figure out what's going on. So I went over and talked to them, and they were just like, we just got tired. We just don't have the endurance. Well, why didn't I figure that out? So the next day in class, I said, hey, guys, we stayed back with the Horns. We've got a plan in place. They're going to be in great shape. I feel comfortable and confident with now. Mm, so you like were just that just little bit of the real conversation. Yeah. about how you were working to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. Because they left with it feeling contentious. Yeah. And it really wasn't. But you know how kids are. If you if you get called out of a rehearsal, you're terrible. But I wanted them to understand that, hey, we needed to be together to figure out an answer, not to judge and not to reprimand. Because they'd, they'd been doing the work, and the kids had all heard it. So finding that out and letting them know, here's our plan. We now have an answer. Everybody should relax, and we should be good. And they did. They played great yesterday. It was really fine. Have you ever had an entire section turn against you? Yes. Isn't that the worst? Uh, 
And and then at that point, it's too late. It is. There's. I mean, maybe it's not. Maybe there's some interventions that work, but I, you no. know, I've had that happen in the past, <laughs> and I just I'm like, this is going to be a long, long semester or a long, yeah. long season of this particular uh, group because yeah, you know, the entire baritone section has decided they're done with me. For me, it was a saxophone section. Yeah, and it was painful. Yeah, for me and for them. For me, it was uh, a trumpet section. I said yeah. baritones, but you know, it was it was actually a trumpet section. And actually, uh, you know, my IB class one time, same thing. It was just yeah. like, man, I've lost them. It, yeah, it's, I, I don't know how to get this back. And I, you know, in some cases, you just don't. You just don't. And I that really bothered me. I had a tuba section one time do that, and it was mainly because I was the new guy. That's when it's really hard, and I had to learn that it was okay to let that go. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like I did everything I could and I still continued to look for opportunities to try and reach some of them, especially the younger ones. But with some of the older ones, I, I wasn't going to change their mind. And the more I tried, the worse I made it. <laughs> yeah. Just like digging in sand. Yes. So absolutely. I think, yeah, I think your tip about, you know, that little thing of, of connecting with, with a group that's starting to, starting to get frustrated with you or other students are starting to get frustrated with them, or maybe it's just a, a quiet, shy student or right. an obnoxious student getting in front of that can really pay dividends. Huge. There is, if you're not thinking about emotional wellness of your group every day, it will get away from you and you won't be able to get it back. Yeah. It It's sort of like, going whitewater rafting as long as you're aware of all of the surroundings and are steering correctly you're fine it's when you get careless and you can't pull the ship back into the right direction i never knew you were such a whitewater rafting enthusiast dude i grew up near well i went to high school in bryson city north carolina that's where the summer the 96 summer olympics I, for I what, learned what something new about Bobby Lambert today. I know it. I've I've gone white rider white. Well, I can't speak about it. White water rafting. I've gone several times. Sounds fun. I did it one time out west, but uh, it was really cold. That's like yes. literally my only memory of it was <laughs> the water was frigid. Well, you survived. There was there's one plus. <laughs> How about uh, not in the band life, but at your home life? Are there any making your bed sorts of things that uh, you're doing well right now or that maybe you need to do better? For me personally, just quite honestly, exercising. Yeah. I've gotten into a routine of where I have a deal with myself that three times a week at least, and usually I'm ahead of that, but even with really busy weeks. And I've found that it's been more intentional time planning. You know, if I say, I'm dangerous when I have nothing planned. Drives me nuts, and I do stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like do four hours of Netflix or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm terrible at going down the Instagram, Facebook rabbit hole, YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, so YouTube bad. is dangerous for me. It's yeah, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. So 
I think that I've been much more intentional about, okay, I have to go exercise and eating better. It, it was one of those things where it took me about a month to be ready to start. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I just, and especially I if you've, if you're, uh, if you've gone a month without eating right or exercising, getting started again is rough. You know, yeah. I, I used to make fun of CrossFit, uh, but I started doing CrossFit because yeah. I have a coach. I mean, we, not a price personal coach, but like every time I show up, I don't have to actually make a decision about what we're going to do that day or how intense it's right. going to be. I'm smart enough at my age to not try to lift too heavy a weight or, or try to like be the hero. Uh, you know, right. I'm, I'm never, I'm always the last one done and I'm usually lifting less weight. But for me, um, coming out of the pandemic, which actually, you know, did okay with that stuff during the pandemic, but like, Coming out of it, I was just bored with my own willpower, and I was like, "I need, right. I need somebody to tell me what to do." And I forgot how much I really enjoy having a coach and somebody mm -hmm. making corrections and and that sort of thing. Because I've been on the other side of that for so long, but that's definitely important to me. It's worth the investment. Yeah, by a lot. I think we as directors sometimes will, well, I don't want to spend that much money on that. That seems like a lot. Okay. How much are you spending in subscriptions and eating out? And I bet you'll find some surplus money to take care of yourself. Yeah, for sure. We sound preachy right now, Jeff. Do we? Yeah, a little bit. I didn't want to sound preachy. I mean, it's... did I still have a pizza last night? Yeah. You better believe it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to And I have no shame. Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> it's March 4th. It's basically a holiday. It's basically a holiday. For like four people, yeah. And we're celebrating our 50th episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting, well, Jeff, this though. was good. I mean, yeah. Um, and if uh, if anybody out there is thinking about starting a podcast, you know, the first one uh, is going to be terrible. <laughs> and uh, you're going to read from a script and sound oh, super robotic. And then you're going to figure so out bad. the best way to podcast is just to talk. And sometimes, sometimes you know... Uh, gold happens and other times it's just us having conversation like today <laughs> sometimes gold happens and then sometimes this happens yeah so you know maybe we lost some people along the way this episode but uh, uh we hope not uh, because you know you're, you're all important to your students and and to us so thank you for being in that band life <laughs> well said mr young yeah I'm inspired. You know we're going to lose some people, and I don't mean through death. I mean, <laughs> I mean, coming out of COVID, teachers in every career, people are leaving left and right. So, yes, uh, I thought you meant leave, leaving listening our episode. Oh, they already <laughs> left a, while, a while ago. <laughs> they were like, "Oh my god, they're just rambling around." Yeah. Like, you know. No, you're you're exactly right. There, there's so many teachers, great teachers, young teachers who are leaving us and it's frightening for our future. Yeah. We don't want you to leave. We want you to get really good at what you do so that uh, you inspire more people to do that. that right. That, that sounds like I'm, I'm not being uh, sincere, but I really am. No. I, my high school band director put me on this path and my middle school yeah. band director put me on this path and I love what I do and I love being in that band life. So uh, just remember you're doing that for students every day. Right. 
and we are so appreciative that you spent slash wasted an hour of your time listening to us. Um, we hope that we give you something. If nothing else, more than a laugh, we'll take it. But we hope that we give you some ideas of how to be better. And with the music, that means I'm playing us off. Playing us out. Yep. So uh, thank you for being here and That Band Life. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lambert. And this has been That Band Life.